The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Welcome to the Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Nadia Dela Cruz, founder of the Wayne Dyer Wisdom Community on Facebook and angeltarot.org. This podcast would not be possible without support from loyal fans like you. And I want to thank everyone who has joined me on Patreon. You can sign up now for exclusive bonuses, including access to the full video for this episode. You'll find that link and more details uh, about this podcast at NadiaDelaCruz.com. Now, my guest today is the founder and CEO of The Genius Studio, creator of The Genius Process, and works with men and women who are seeking more contentment, alignment, and personal meaning in their lives. He's the author of The Earthkeeper, Undeveloping the Future, and Divine Genius, The Unlearning Curve. He offers 13 universal wisdom teachings discovered on an extraordinary adventure that took him from the shores of Santa Barbara, California to the jungles of Peru. Adam C. Hall, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thank you, Nadia. It's wonderful to be here with you, and I look forward to being present and exploring all the things that are possible for us during these extraordinary times on this planet. Wow, right? Wow. Yes, we I think we are adventurous souls who chose to be here at this time, so it is interesting to navigate that together. And I think it's important to be talking about a true sense of purpose, and I think that finding our identity is something that you talk about, the journey that you had to finding your identity and how that can help all of us to return to our source of power. Now, I really enjoyed reading um, Divine Genius. It was an adventure and a teaching book. And in both of the books that you have that we mentioned here, you talk about your own shift from ambition to meaning. And I would love to hear more about this transformative journey. So maybe you could start by telling us a little about what was your life like before? Well, absolutely, and uh, I, I and thank you, and I feel blessed to be here with you and all your listeners, and and as we're all on this journey, it, you know, in so many ways, we're in this place of, of, of our new story, but I, I certainly, like all of you, have lived in a story that perhaps no longer serves us. I lived in one that served during that time in my life, and, you know, for, I'm 60 now, I have three beautiful daughters and five granddaughters, and I just found out I'm having a sixth 
sixth grandchild. Gra- <laughs> we don't know. Maybe it'll mm-hmm. be a boy. But ultimately, he might. My, my the the journey really was was one of um, uh, really the, the the proverbial hard charging uh, entrepreneur businessman. Um, I found myself after leaving uh, UC Berkeley wanting to venture into the world of, of business and, and venture into the world that potentially that I felt could fulfill my dreams or fulfill the American dream that was put forth during uh, my my early childhood years as I grew up in in Southern California. And that that journey was one that took me into a place that ultimately became one about um, well, uh, I would I would best describe uh, competition, and one that there was it was a game of winners and losers, and I'll never forget when I first began in the real estate uh, arena where I spent much of my my career building real estate companies, investment banking companies, development companies that I, I heard from one of the great leaders uh, in our industry who said, gentlemen, there was, there was no women at the conference, there were probably 500 men there, mm-hmm. uh, whatever you do, uh, and you better live by the law of the jungle, which says when the sun comes up, whether you are a lion or a gazelle, you better run like hell eat or be eaten. And so I subscribe to a mentality uh, of that win and lose. Um, I built those successful businesses, as I mentioned to you, uh, the dream home in Malibu, the dream life, supposedly, of the country clubs and all those kind of things that, um, well, um, what it was where I wanted to go, and sure enough, I when I got there, um, it was more full of um, tums in the morning and drinking uh, tequila at night. It was I was not a, a happy man. I was an angry man. Although I found moments of joy and and moments of finding you know better parts of life, but at the same time, um, my soul was yearning for what I did not know or what I did not even was not even aware of. So ultimately, I thought I had it all, but I didn't, and I needed to go find out. And that happened one morning as I was driving to work, watching the sun come up over the Santa Monica Bay heading to my offices in Los Angeles. And when a when a dog ran in front of my car and I swerved, uh, nearly hitting it. Uh, I didn't know if I'd killed it, but ultimately I did not. But my heart basically jumped out of my chest and I was in a terrible state and I realized that something was terribly amiss and that I needed a course correction. Where to go, I did not know. What to do, I had no clue. Ultimately, it was the beginning of the end of a narcissistic existence, an earth-conquering existence that I now call call my my journey. So thank you for checking in, and these are these are times to I think is an invitation to to share our stories, and mm-hmm. everybody has a powerful story, yeah, and everybody is invited to 
celebrate a new one together and write one. So I'm, I'm here to write one with all of you. Yeah, that is one of the most exciting things about running this podcast is that I get to, you know, have these connections and these conversations and bring these stories out into the world because you're right, everybody, everybody has a story to share. So you talk about this moment where you sort of got shocked maybe into a place of fear of going, okay, like, how am I living? Like, this, this doesn't feel right. This isn't right. Would you say that you had a spiritual awakening at that point? What was the transition like for you? Well, it, it was not a spiritual awakening of, 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 of the sort that maybe we're thinking of. Of course, everything is is spirit, and everything is moving through us, whatever it may look like. But the perception and the experience that I was having was one of sheer hell. Mm. And and often, you know, they think of that as the dark night of the soul. Yeah, the journey into the the subconscious and the unknown. Maybe you might want to think of it. Some say, oh, it's a lifetime. Um, you know, midlife crisis or midlife breakthrough, whatever it is. Whatever is going on for you, wherever you are in your life, whatever age it is, um, you know, one thing that I believe that I found that that and certainly now in retrospect, but at the time it was surely like, well, what what am I to do? And because ultimately it began in that place of being invited into a place of solitude Mm -hmm. and deep inner reflection and th- that can be a very scary place. And that unknown place of the darkness, I found to be a place that ultimately where I could, well, let's say, Nadia, listen to the silence. Mm. To find a moment to listen to the silence. I'll never forget, I was sitting despondent on a, on a beach down in Malibu and in a place of really thinking, was I even going to make it? And really thinking that, that, that I needed a lot of help and asking for the first time for God's help. I mean, I went to the church that my dad took me to. My grandfather was a Presbyterian minister, but I didn't, re- I didn't relate to that. But ultimately, in asking and sitting there in the place, as the shore was lapping back and forth, listening to that place, I began to be guided that there was a place of hope, that there was a place that called, that says, to be in your place of grace and faith. Mm. And I just took one little teeny step at a time and here here I am in 18 years later in a continuation of the journey so it, it 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 is you know perhaps my own particular story unique story but the universal story is what I believe is we all share in our own way mm-hmm. and to realize and maybe you found this too at some point in time in your journey we're not alone yeah Absolutely. Actually, I've thought about, you know, my mission statement. And mm. if if there was one thing that I could get out to everybody, mm. it's that you are a spiritual being and you are not alone. 
And I think yeah. that that's so important. You talk about getting to this point of finding yourself in need and starting to search for something to feel better, right? And taking those little steps one at a time is so key. From hearing people's stories, I believe more than ever that when we come to those places of darkness, that is when it's easiest for us to see the light. If you imagine you have maybe a tiny little light in your room somewhere, but you're not going to notice it because of all the ambient light, the light coming in through the windows, the light on your ceiling. But when everything else goes dark, all of a sudden you can see it, it's right there. And when we find ourselves in a place of darkness and we start making these shifts, that is, we get immediate feedback on what's working, what's not working. Because when you're in that place of personal crisis, and then it opens us up to receiving, and then we go, okay, when I'm moving towards this, does it bring me peace or does it not bring me peace? So I think that yes. darkness is a, is a wonderful guide for us. And I wish that we didn't so often wait until we're in our darkest moments to start paying attention to where the light is leading us. I, I'm amen to that. And, you know, and... I, as much as I needed to be in that darkness and in that breakdown to come through, I believe all of us has can, can choose the depth of that darkness and the experience of the darkness, although I believe that the, the journey into the dark is very profound and offers the greatest gifts that at least that I have, I have come to know in my life. Mm -hmm. Yet at the same time, I believe the invitation for all of us is not necessarily to take the journey into our own darkness and into our own shadow because we must. We must move through those things. But the invitation is to not wait until we are in a state of disease yes. where we have some serious health problem, where we have a crisis in our community or in our family, where we have a breakdown uh, with our, 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 our beloved and most certainly, that is the invitation uh, I believe we're facing in many ways as a global community, mm -hmm. as a global collective soul to, to, to invite ourselves to, to, to be ready, but to, to, not wait, to, to not wait there to be ready, but to be in the journey of that. And, and you shared something so profound and so in, simple and so important, but that is, you know, the experiment of stepping into the dark can be one where you can do so gently, simply be in a dark room. Mm -hmm. It's all dark. But wait a second, is it really? Mm -hmm. Because you are the light that's in the darkness that is dancing, as F. Scott Fitzgerald said. Mm -hmm. This is a beautiful, beautiful place. And, you know, as a longtime student of A, of a Course in Miracles, and it forms the basis of much of my teachings and works today, Nadia. It too speaks of that, that the idea of the darkness is simply one where when you turn on the light, where is the darkness? It mm -hmm. is nothing. It is nowhere. Mm -hmm. And it offers ourselves the way through our own seemingly darkness of our time. And mm -hmm. um, I'm with you. I'm with all of, all, of, all of our brothers and sisters Better be invited by by this journey to love, by this journey to express God's 
light in, in, in the world through the darkness of, of our time, of our planet, and to do so knowing that the Earth School is quite glorious, incredible, mm. if you ask me. Would you mm. agree? Oh, yeah. And I think we chose to be here. We just forget sometimes maybe maybe how excited we were to have these experiences. What you're saying makes me think of the metaphor of you don't have to destroy darkness. That if you turn on a light in a dark room, it it nullifies the darkness. That simply by bringing the presence of light to, to darkness, metaphorically or literally, that it, it changes that energy. It transforms it. It's transformative. Now you talk about some of the things that are happening on the on the planet now. Um, what do you see as as our role in awakening or healing on a personal level, but also on a planetary level? Well, I see that <clears throat> we are all keepers and in the shamanic language we're earth keepers and i believe that we are all earth keepers that we are here to serve and tend to this in uh, this elegant beautiful garden that we've been blessed to occupy we call mother earth to be in the presence of her abundance and i believe in the in the collective space um, we've not been doing that good a job. Mm. And the reasons for that are very clear, that we t- tend to subscribe to a mindset that keeps us separate from the whole, holiness and the wholeness and oneness and unity of who we are with not only simply our own soul, but that of the soul of each other and that of the soul of our planet. But more importantly, what do we do about it? What can we do right now, today, to make those shifts away from this idea? And those shifts can occur, first and foremost, on an individual basis that you you asked about. And sometimes many of us don't feel worthy that we're not good enough. What can we do? What's going on is out there, not in here, not in my life, not in my yard and what greater fallacy is that than to think that we are separate and we are safe in that mentality is quite the contrary that is the most dangerous type of thinking Mm -hmm. and the most experience that got us into this place because in our separation from the mother the father um, speaking as a as as a whole offered us uh, really an invitation to learn to come into that place within ourselves. So I believe there's no greater thing that each of us can do, no greater responsibility, as a matter of fact, that we can do than tend to our own divinity, our own light, our own process of engaging in our lives in ways that are very positive. And you can do that quite simply by being present and grateful, quite simply by being present with nature and each other, even if it's just for moments every day to begin with. Those are very powerful movements. That's a great place to begin and a great practice. That It's seemingly simple and like, oh, of course, but wait a minute, are we really doing that? So I believe the invitation is to do that. I'm, I'm practicing that today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm practicing that tomorrow. 
And I'm practicing forgiving myself quite deeply, mm. forgiving myself for forgetting, forgetting not for what happened, for, for what I did, but for forgetting that I am separate from my judgment of myself and others. So I believe the interconnectivity of wholeness and oneness with nature, if that makes sense, mm-hmm. through a deep forgiveness process can bring us into a greater experience of what we can contribute today because in your light, your light shines in the world and our collective light is illuminates and helps to dispel a lot of the darkness and a lot of the powerful energetic forces that are very present in this domain this world that we do function in and and we're being invited to move through it into love through it into grace through it into collaboration to co-creation we're being invited right now you are invited and so i'm in that journey and i believe that with us and with us together and in that place of our shared soul that we can write that new story in the collective Mm -hmm. that this collective invites us into that presence and, you know, I, I, I would imagine some go, oh, yeah, of course, yeah, of course. But, yeah, this isn't no longer, a, you know, of course. This is an invitation that is, uh, is one that is being present. And if you're here and you're listening, and bless you, and you're in your journey, and bless you, and the, all the beliefs and things that we go through in our lives and the trauma of this extraordinary journey, like you mentioned, that we're here for a reason, we're all here together in this moment to share in that collective journey so that we can move through our deep inner forgiveness, embrace the light of who we are, shine it in the world, and really move into a place of, well, what I would say is the magic, the joy, mm. the peace, you know, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Let's do, let's do that thing. Let's do that ride for a while. <laughs> I'm on board. There's a there's yeah. a deeper thread that runs through everything that connects mm. all of us. And yeah. inner, you know, world peace begins with inner peace. You know, yes. it's the it's the macrocosm Kalama. of the microcosm. Yes. And I think that the pandemic is a really good example of how connected we all are. Look at how quickly this virus spread around the whole world. So we shouldn't make the mistake of thinking that what happens over there doesn't matter to me or doesn't impact me. That if we widen our scope of connectedness and change our worldview, we can start to work together. What I've been thinking about lately that really, Hmm. let's call it something that needs our attention, but it feels like a wound. And that Hmm. is this putting valuing profit over people profit mm-hmm. over people over natural resources we're, we're sort of taking and conquering and climbing over each other to get to the top we literally kill each other in the streets you know and and it just it doesn't make any sense from from a heart space from a spiritual perspective like we should be collaborating and connecting and looking for the collective good and not hoarding wealth and resources and all of that. And I don't know what the answer is, you know, um, but I know it starts with changing how we see one another and removing that label between us and them. Because anytime you, you make a definition of 
this is me and my group, and that's them, that's over there. I think that opens the door to violence. Instantaneously, of course, in miracles would refer to that mindset that you just spoke of as the murderer. It is a it, its intention is to is to destroy the collaborative spirit of love. It is to destroy the collaborative spirit of co-creation with God or in Wontunka and the First Nations people, whatever that spirit may be, that Christ mind, that Buddha mind, mm-hmm. whatever that may be, that it, that the idea of that mindset that that guides itself accordingly to that is one that is 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 a destroyer. Mm-hmm. And yes, of course, that serves because it destroys life it, and it invites us to embrace life embrace the totality of who we are. And I know that may seem a little bit abstract or on the fringe a little bit, but uh, the in, in the Divine Genius, the Unlearning Curve, the piece of work that I, I recently published, it invites us to unlearn a mindset. And in particular, it invites us to unlearn one thought of that mindset that created all of that. Mm-hmm. And the beauty of that one thought is that that one thought that created the idea of separation, that created the idea that we have these identities and that you are right and I am wrong or win or a loser and all of that, the fallacy of that all can be undone. And it can be undone by simply, and I say simply because it really is simply, is returning to the source that created the thought. Mm-hmm. You know, Einstein spoke so beautifully to this, of course, and we've heard it, many of us have heard this, but it's you can't solve the problem from the same level of thinking that created the problem. Well, therein lies the conundrum of being human, and supposedly we need to awaken when we're already really awakened, we just simply need to clear, as I share in the divine genius, the unlearning curve, mm-hmm. to unlearn these pieces of this source of this thought. And that journey to that source is what the book is all about. But I believe on a universal basis, Nadia, that that journey back to our source, journey back to love, journey back to our own authenticity, the journey back to our soul, all of it being the same, the journey to our genius and our light, all of it being the same, is simply one journey. And that one journey is the journey to return to the, to the thought and the choice that we made for that, 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 that mind that says this is the way to be. Mm-hmm. It's a murderer. But in that place of journeying back to the choice, we all have another choice. And that's the choice of, of spirit. Mm-hmm. That's the joy, choice of oneness. That's the choice of unity. It's not de minimis of abundance. It doesn't mean we can't live abundantly. It doesn't mean we can't be in a place of living fully in our lives. It means we live in a holistic way that benefits the whole. Mm-hmm. And coming from a narcissist, you can take it from me, they'll have nothing to do with any of that. Mm-hmm because it threatens 
it's it threatens not only it threatens but it's an annihilation of that that existence existence and in the current collective paradigm i'm finding that we're moving through the early stages of a death nail of that paradigm and that thinking. So I think the invitation is for us to have a new story. And tonight we're talking about one. I'm talking about one in your great work that you're doing uh, in all kinds of ways. And, you know, and I'm, I'm fascinated by some of the work that you're doing that I don't know you too well, but we can speak of, of much of this from an archetypal perspective. Mm-hmm. We can speak of this from our indigenous perspective. Mm-hmm. We can use traditions and systems like the tarot. You know, we can explore other ways to move through this mindset that is the murderer, that's murdering ourselves, it's take murdering life, each other, we see it. But the fact of the matter is, there is a way. And I'm here to be with you all on, on that way. And 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 just exploring that where where do we want to go here what are yeah. your thoughts what is our invitation nadia what are you sensing well i like what you said about you know dissolving the illusion of separation that mm-hmm. you know we are one with god we are one with each other that we are a piece of this earth you know, she allows us to, to live and be nourished by her. I think um, so many of us imagine ourselves as sort of beamed in from another planet, like we came in on an alien ship and we don't really belong here. But like how Alan Watts said, you know, the earth peoples in the same way that an apple tree apples. Like the the more I think about it, the more I realize we are we are born of the earth, you know, we, every cell of our body, the fuel that we, that we process, it's all this cycles of the same material, the same energy. Now, I, I believe there, there is, that's the tip of the iceberg. (laughs) I believe that there is (laughs) like so much that is unseen, maybe other levels or other, um, universes even you know i i try to practice a mind that's open to everything and attached to nothing but i think that if we if we connect back to that it's like that that stripping away of the ego of all these identities of i am what i have i am what i do i am what other people think of me then we get closer to to our true selves and i think that's that's where our power is and if more people did that I think the answers would come through us naturally and that each of us would have our own dharma, our own purpose, our own mission. Some would feel called to work on the water and some would be, some would be called to clean the air or some would be called to, you know, um, lead the way towards more sustainable farming methods. Like I feel like we, we are all of it and none of it. And if we can connect and if we can awaken and we can remember and stop trying to put on masks, you know, or as, as Ram Dass talked about, you know, we put on these space suits and here we are, you know, and we, we put on these roles. We're like, how's my suit? Does my suit look good? Do you like this? You know, it's like we're always seeking that approval and validation and the sensitivity to the judgment from others. And it's like a barrier between just operating authentically. So from my perspective, and I am always learning, 
But from my perspective right now, I feel like if we each individually connect to what we already know, who we are, recognize that we're a piece of all of it, that's a really great starting point. Well, amen to that. And of course, it begs the question, why wait (laughs) lifetimes when you can do what must be done tonight? Yeah. No time like the present, huh? Things are, it feels like things are speeding up. I think it's just a lot of change. It's a lot of change in a short period of time, but also there's a lot of change in perspective. Well, there's, that, that, that is very true in that, you know, in a, in a digital age, in a proliferation of a lot of noise, everybody is, you know, uh, you know, uh, some brilliant teacher supposedly or expert supposedly or everybody knows the truth or you know they're they have their own righteousness in a way that is mine is better than yours Mm -hmm. you know we live in a very chaotic cluttered cluttered information space and you know who is one to listen to and the answer is very clear there is no guru but you Mm. There is no teacher but the one that resides within the inner temple of your soul. Mm -hmm. And, of course, the journey is is to come into the place where we listen to that that inner soul, where we hear that voice speaking to us and we embrace it. And these are obviously, for many of us, ideas and thoughts, and we can intellectually understand them, but yet they're not occurring for us in our life. We're not experiencing them where we can taste it, you know, like this beautiful glass of fresh water. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, it's the, the, the conundrum remains because we are functioning in a place of that separation and that problem that allows us to get uh, not return supposedly to the place of choosing into the into this place that you're so beautifully speaking to 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 Nadia and you know ultimately these this is an age as we move into the Aquarian age leaving this Piscean age and we're moving into this this golden air of of humanity we're moving into this time of optimal expression of your your light and your uh, abundance all of our light and our abundance and be ready be 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 ready be prepared for what's emerging because there is an evolutionary miracle that's emerging mm-hmm. and that that emergence is there as a, the greatest gift that God could ever offer us in my opinion and I'm here showing up accepting that learning humbly of course stumbling on on the way of course mm-hmm. but ultimately embracing you know the the sense of of of, of our love and god's love and and presence in our in our lives so i ask ourselves tonight Nadi, i ask all of us to you know what is it that we each of us want to do to take those next steps mm-hmm. and i i suggest that it, that it could be as simple as taking a step when you go to bed tonight is to spend the last moments maybe with the one you love or the one you maybe go to bed with or not go to bed with but the one you always go to bed with is the the beauty and of your own soul mm-hmm. So to spend those moments, I'm going to go to bed tonight and I'm going to spend some moments with that beauty and I'm going to invite that beauty to a place of coming into my oneness with 
it's the love the love and light of who who I am and the and the work that I can do in just a little way that I do it mm-hmm. and so these are extraordinary pieces of time why wait mm-hmm. why wait why empower that which no longer serves you to give it power why empower a trauma or a belief from your past that guides our decision making process mm-hmm. that's not to deny these events, it's only to say, no longer am I going to empower thoughts. No longer am I going to empower the trauma and that son of a gun that did X, Y, and Z. No longer am I going to be the victim of this circumstance. No longer do I need to rescue other people because I'm here to stand up and stand through this journey. Mm-hmm. And I believe this is our inspiration tonight. And I believe through the journey of the unlearning of our process into the journey of our deeper presence that we can do so instantly Mm -hmm. because God's presence is here with us now. We have the power to direct our own thoughts and change our lives and have an instant awakening or or a moment of grace. You talked about um, that the guru is within us, not outside of us. And I think that... Mm. The best teachers on our path, because we do influence each other, sometimes very positively, I think the best teachers lead us back to our own inner guidance. You mentioned A Course in Miracles. I've also been a student of A Course in Miracles. So was Wayne Dyer. Uh, What have, what are some of the other influences or teachers that have helped you on your path? Well, um, and, and it kind of just, going back to the moment when I begin to step on the path and begin the inquiry, the questioning of, you know, why, why am I here? And all those important questions that we must continually ask ourselves because we're conscious evolutionaries. And as conscious evolutionaries, we are living a life of which we get to choose and empower ourselves to make the choices to move beyond what no longer serves us. And in that journey, what I found is early on in my study of both Eastern and Western traditions, perennial philosophy, begin to engage in mysticism and things that seemingly are, are quite fringy. Uh, ultimately, I, I grounded my, my being not only in the inner temple, but in in the inner temple as a man mm-hmm. and embracing the divine feminine. But I grounded my being in, in, in two, two traditions. One is shamanism mm-hmm. and the other being uh, A Course in Miracles. Mm-hmm. And the those those pieces of, of wisdom, the men and women, uh, medicine men and women of, of the shamanic traditions and of the lineage that I walk in the places of initiation are alive here and very present at this time. Um, they've, they've, they're here to serve us as we move through this seemingly conquest of the very nature of who we are. And, and I say that, that shamanism is a has been profound for me. And for those of you that aren't particularly familiar with shamanism, I'll just frame it like this. A shaman is a man or woman who is an intermediary between the physical and the non-physical world, Mm -hmm. 
between the three-dimensional dualistic world which we're hanging out right now <laughs> and also the five-dimension or greater dimensionality world which we're also hanging out. Some of us are in the presence of it, others are not. But the idea of the shaman is to is to create the bridge between those worlds to bring the healing, to bring the light, to bring the magic and the medicine that the the, 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 the student needs or in the indigenous world of Native Americans or indigenous cultures from around the world, it would be the shaman that brings the healing, the medicine man or woman when somebody was ill. Mm -hmm. And they always found that it was not a symptom of the body or an effect in the body, but it was it, its, its primary cause was in the energy body, the luminous body. So the shaman works in the luminous body, the energy body, mm -hmm. the source, in other words. The other influence that, that I've had it has been A Course in Miracles, mm -hmm. uh, Jesus, uh, and the embracing of my own particular relationship with the Christification of my own own being and, and the embrace of the, the Christ within all of us, the one, the one that is now illuminating from each of us, mm. and that, that is coming through us not outside of us. Mm -hmm. I believe that the light that each of us bring and the story that we now write is the one that is being written to invite the Christ within you to fully emerge and fully be present during this great transitional period. So those are the two primary influences. Mm -hmm. I continue to enjoy many other mystical traditions. Mm -hmm. I'm very open to deep, deeper teachings whether they be the Taoist teachings mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. and continuing to explore uh, those teachings, primarily revisit, revisiting them. But I also believe some of the other systems that are available are quite profound, whether they be astrology, mm -hmm. uh, both uh, esoteric astrology, uh, also Mayan astrology. I'm just mm -hmm. a fledging Mayan cosmologist steeped in the Mayan culture in a Mayan way. Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, and that, and I've chosen this path at this time because I'm ch choosing to stand for the indelible light of my own soul and it's wanting to give it voice, but also to, to support others to do the same, to choose into that true nature, to not buy into uh, artificial intelligence, not buy into the story of a digital world. Yes, it's present, but does that mean it is your story? Mm -hmm. Does it mean that it is your primarily place where you make choices from based on upon a, a device in your hand mm -hmm. or a propagandist in the media? Yeah. I hope not. I hope not. You are. We are the guru. We are the voice. We are the Christ light, mm -hmm. and that's what. That's how I'm presencing my work in the world. And there's so many great traditions, as you oh, know. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. And and I'm, I imagine you're exploring and have explored many, like A Course in Miracles. Yeah. So I, I honor you mm -hmm. as a fellow student. Well, nice you. to be here with you. Um, yeah, my, my own path has been pretty eclectic, and I like to explore different things and kind of see what resonates. I, I um, Some people may, may remember this, but Holly Holden, Robert Holden's wife, did uh, oh, yeah. A presence of love study group where we spent a year studying a course in miracles and I really enjoyed mm -hmm. that sort of forum that we could have discussion around it and sort of ponder on on each lesson every day 
Um, so, so that was a part of my path. I studied angels and ancestors with Kyle Gray, who's another Hay House author in Scotland. Um, and he's actually the one who introduced me to oracle cards and angel cards. Um, mm. I, <laughs> I was part of his, um, his angel tribe. It's been renamed as Angel Team. Um, but it's funny because when I started that, I'd been following his work for a while and I was interested in his meditations and his perspective and all that. I was like, oh, he's teaching cards, but yeah, I'm never going to be a card reader, but I'm going to do it anyway because I like Kyle. And that's what jumpstarted my path. And I've, I've been doing card readings ever since. Um, I went on to study tarot. Um, one of my teachers was, was Radley Valentine. Um, I just adore mm. Radley. And then I, I went on to study shamanism. So I got connected with a spiritual community here in Seattle. And um, um, I took a number of classes. And in those classes, I was introduced to shamanism. And it just, there was something about it that felt like a remembering to me. It felt like it awakened something in my bones that had always been there. And so I have sort of gravitated towards that and brought some of those practices into um, my spiritual journey as well as um, like a way of looking at things. So I I knew we were going to talk about shamanism today. I was excited about that. And not a lot of, I don't think I've really talked about it on this podcast before, but mm. I will be again in the future um, because this is, this is a part of my path. Um, but I, I looked up a definition of shamanism just to try to help give some context here. And it's described as an ancient healing tradition and a way of life connecting to nature and all of creation. That term shaman originated from the Tungus tribe in Siberia, and it was anthropologists who coined that term. So it wasn't every culture that used the word shaman. Um, anthropologists started using that term to describe um, spiritual and ceremonial leaders among indigenous cultures worldwide. And what's interesting is you think about how separate communities were thousands of years ago. And yet there are so many similarities in the practices and the beliefs and the way that things were evolving. It's like it's like we were all connecting, even though we weren't we weren't digitally connecting at the time, right? We we're physically separate but energetically connected. So there's all these um, commonalities between indigenous cultures and how they approached healing and, and how they connected with the natural world and the, and the power that they, that they felt there. The word shamanism can be used to describe the ancient spiritual practices of indigenous cultures. You could view it as universal spiritual wisdom inherent to all indigenous tribes. Shamanic practices tap into the power Mother Earth has to offer. And the ancient indig indigenous teachings are derived from the simple truths of nature. That we can mm -hmm. look to the world around us, that it's always communicating with us, that we're in harmony with that. Now, I haven't been to Peru, but you have had a number of adventures. How many times have you, have you taken that trip? Oh, a, a mere a mere six times. Oh, only and, six. Um, yeah, well, it's it's you know I consider that my the the, my, the holy land mm -hmm. in terms of my spiritual practice and um, you know and when you go to Peru and for those of you that have been, uh, you know that um, you're in for a, a quest, 
you're in for an adventure that could be uh, quite extraordinary because of the deep richness and traditions of our uh, ancient medicine men and women in, in, in the Apus, the holy mountains, and also as well as in the, the jungles, you know, the jaguar people, and also, the, of course, the medicinal medicines and things that are offered there, but ultimately the, um, the journey to the fullest expression of, of, of surrender and what I refer to as, um, well, in the first chapter of my book, it was I premised the entire journey, the entire quest, as a quest for the Holy Grail, mm. and one that began with the question, can you get out of this lifetime alive? And that, that question was posed to me by a dear friend, a dear brother, a mentor, somebody who I remain very close with, Alberto Vialdo, mm. Uh, the, of the four winds, mm-hmm. and that question was posed, and that began the onset of a quest in Peru that is the quest of all shaman, is to discover the answer to that question for themselves. Mm-hmm. And the depth of that question, and the imagine, you know, that answer for, that may be particularly is unique to yourself, but ultimately, it's the idea of dying consciously and getting out of this lifetime alive now, not on your last breath, but ultimately in that release from the story, release from separation, to allow that mindset to die away gracefully, mm-hmm. is the embrace of of, of the shaman, mm-hmm. and it lies at the heart of the shaman, who is in ruthless pursuit, ruthless in a way that is determined, that's determinate in the way that it's been given by earth, it's been given by the mother, and the journeys to Peru have been quite extraordinary to say the least, mm. and quite a, quite, a, quite a few stories there, and I'm missing it, I haven't been for some years, mm-hmm. have you been? I have not, mm. I would love to go one day sounds like Mm. an amazing space very different from here Um, but I'd be interested to observe you know kind of some of those practices in their natural setting if that makes sense Um, or maybe just do you think you would be do you think you would be in a do you think you'd be in excuse me I always didn't mean to interrupt do you think you would be an observer or do you think you would be a participant um Yeah, I guess I would be a participant. Yeah, for sure. You're showing up. Yeah. You're participating. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's the, isn't that the beauty of our journey? It's certainly something Dr. Dyer spoke so much about and and you know, the inspiration that came from his work. Of course, he wrote that great book Inspiration. The invitation is simply one that is a matter of showing up. Mm-hmm. And being able to receive, mm-hmm. and Peru is it, it is potent. Yeah, it 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 it, it it's, it's 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 the real deal playing field mm-hmm. as spiritual quest go, yeah. um, because ultimately shamanism is a path that why I'm so deeply misunderstood is one that 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 is a direct 
shot through the underworld as we describe it into the, into the darkness of our own subconscious and a darkness and the being into the journey into that inner temple mm-hmm. of our soul's light. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, that journey is one that is most often by fire. And if you think about this, uh, if you think about the idea of fire and the, and the power of its combustibility and the ability for it to consume all that's in its presence, so too does it consume uh, the, let's just say, spiritual aspirant or the initiates that I, that I, that I am. And all of us are in our own way. doesn't matter where you are on this path or what level you are, if there is any level or not. Mm-hmm. You know, the Dalai Lama is an initiate in his own way. Mm-hmm. And here we are, and when we embrace the fire, we are ready to go quantum. Mm-hmm. We are ready to really leap in a way that isn't like messing around. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's really for those that have are intentional, and those are really that are ready. And, the, you know, the work that I do today is really about sharing this, this blueprint, mm-hmm. um, this evolutionary blueprint that's about being of greater service. Mm-hmm. It's about creating impact that earth keepers do. Yeah. You know, we're here to create impact mm-hmm. and not only to heal our own lives and also shine the indelible truth of God's love in the world. But I believe we're here to create and share our mission and and to embrace that and to learn mm-hmm. what that is, but also to create impact. Mm-hmm. And then these journeys, these kind of journeys do that. You know, that you, you are no doubt have had your journeys. We're all on our journeys. You don't need to go to Peru to have these kind of experiences. Mm-hmm. That's the beauty of it. And it's just such a powerful time of, 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 of awakening, so to speak, mm-hmm. <laughs> of quickening. Yeah. And, um, yeah, those were some, those are good journeys and they're not through. I'm looking forward to my next one, mm-hmm. hopefully soon. Yeah. <laughs> now, uh, you mentioned Alberto Vialdo and I know that, um, he is a good friend of yours and I wanted to share that. Um, are you familiar with this deck that he and Marcella did with Colette Baron Reed? Sure. Yeah, Mystical Shaman Oracle. I love this deck, and I feel like there's so much depth to it um, because of Alberto and Marcella's um, contributions to it. Um, It looks like you have another one of his books right next door. Is that Uh, Shaman Healer Sage? Shaman Healer Sage, yeah. I've had that. I I got that book back when I first started learning about shamanism, yeah. Yeah, it's it's, it's one of his best ones, and yeah, they're beautiful people, and I was... Spent um, oh, a month with them not so long ago at their sanctuary in uh, Chile, and mm. and all the great work they're doing, and and we do a summit together mm-hmm. in the fall in December, Earthkeeper Summit, and we had eighty thousand people that wow. came. And, I mean, extraordinary, extraordinary. The, you know, we're showing up here together. You know, mm-hmm. we're we're really embracing it, and God, it's it. I'm I'm just excited by it all yet i know the profundity of the time Mm -hmm. and the great seemingly challenge of the time and we're not alone Mm -hmm. that's the beauty we're just not alone you're not alone and i and i embrace this as a time to say yes to you yes to yes to 
the, the Christ light, yes to the Buddha light, mm-hmm. yes to the Earth Mother, right? Mm-hmm. I, say, I embrace this as, 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 as our time and that tonight we can go to bed and we can embrace the, that truth of our own soul mm-hmm. and that we can embrace the truth of stepping into our place where we are evolutionary in our nature, where we can consciously dream our world mm-hmm. into being. The power of our manifestation abilities are very present. Our guides and angels are very present. Mm-hmm. They are holding this. They are guiding this. Are they not? Right? Yeah, we're they not alone. They are there. They're, pre- they're present for all of us. And this is a time to say yes. And one of the great ways of saying yes is certainly embracing the, that light of the, our own souls, but embracing a place to serve to serve to serve our our families and our communities mm-hmm. to serve our mother nature and in 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 our own way there's no right or wrong mm-hmm. there's no i'm not doing it right or that's um, what effect do i have that's not that is irrelevant that has no relevancy here because all you have to do is show up and say yes and that the universe will guide us and synchronize mm-hmm. us. And so that is the invitation. And I believe we get to write this new story. And uh, I would imagine you're writing your new stories in your way, aren't you? Are Always you writing. Never never know what it's going to... It's never finished, is it, right? <laughs> it just keeps going. But yes, mm-hmm. keep listening. Keep saying yes. It's going to keep moving us forward. Now, in in this book, Divine Genius, you offered 13 lessons from your spirit guide. And I wonder, how did you first get connected to your guide? Well, um, it's important to understand, uh, in my opinion, first of all, all of us have guides, both here in the world, we're here in their school to learn, and we show up, and we have teachers and mentors, and sometimes they're not nice people. And they do tough things, but we're we're, lear- we're here to learn from that, mm-hmm. right? But ultimately, the, the spirit guide that that um, I speak of in the Divine Genius um, I, is is a guide that I referred to as Men M E N, but Men is as an is an archetypal energy, not in a gender sense, but as an archetypal energy in the Mayan cosmology, is the wise one. The one that can see far, the wide, the the animal spirit energy spirit of that is is the eagle, the great condor, the great eagle of the north and condor of the south, and in that connection with the wise one, it came through deep meditation, through a deep presence of vibrational frequency that occurs when we enter into states of 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 meditation that move us from the more beta and uh, alpha waves into delta and theta, theta waves and gamma waves. So we can move into higher frequency and vibrational energy within this body because it's all energy, mm-hmm. is it not? Mm-hmm. And so through the deeper practice and journey work, it connected with the this ascended master mm-hmm. that guided me for 81 days mm-hmm. into my own evolutionary quest to return to the to the inner temple of my own soul and to embrace that light that is a light that begins with whom shall I serve? Mm-hmm. And that is the question of the grail quest. 
and the Grail Knights being both the masculine and feminine knights that are on this hero and heroine's path, that we are asked to embrace this greater place of our greater of our service work in the world because all will manifest in our clarity around service mm-hmm. and in our place of moving beyond our own sense of scarcity and lack and embracing the abundance. So this particular archetypal energy, this ascended master, shared 13 universal wisdom teachings. Many of them are familiar, like forgiveness, Mm -hmm. but from different perspectives. Mm -hmm. Others, like purpose, are a radically different perspective of what is our purpose. We don't have time tonight to go into these teachings, Mm -hmm. but I encourage everyone to pick up a copy of the book. Mm -hmm. You can experience this profound, uh, these teachings that, that uh, that saved many, many decades and maybe lifetimes of my journey of searching why search when it's there Mm -hmm. and it's there for all of us and we have others that are bringing forth these indelible teachings Mm -hmm. i'm just sharing in this way as a pathway that's a straight shot to your bullseye of awakening and sovereignty beyond the existing mindset that keeps us in lack and suffering and pain and chaos Mm -hmm. and conflict I actually loved what, what you said about purpose in the book. Um, just to sum it up, the, the, the message was, our only purpose is to find our way back to God by remembering that we never left. It's beautiful. <laughs> wow, is that, is that as simple as that? <laughs> <laughs> There's more to it, right? Because I, you're talking about how the ego tricks us into thinking it's about fitting right. into the world and how do I belong and how do I matter, and then you never stop searching. But really it comes back to, right, similar to teachings from A Course in Miracles. You just It's exactly yeah, it. Back, back it's to exactly God. exactly it is. We search and search. I have no purpose. I don't know what it is. What am I to do? Yeah. My God, what a, what a conundrum. Well, wait a second. Ask a different question. Yeah. What is my soul's, soul, S-O-L-E, S-O-U-L, purpose? Yeah. And the soul purpose is to return back to the indelible nature that is our God nature, mm-hmm. our goddess nature, mm-hmm. as gods and goddesses. And... It's the same for everybody. And that while powerful is to know that that's my purpose and everyone listening to this call, Mm -hmm. I mean this show, let's say Mm -hmm. tonight, is living this purpose. Mm -hmm. We're all in this journey. Mm -hmm. We're showing up and tuning in, in this purpose to return to the authenticity of our God nature. And then the question becomes, okay, how do we get to play? Yeah. How do how do you want to play yeah. on this incredible playing field we call uh, life, Earth, and that then becomes the mission. So it becomes the service. Is that what the genius yeah. process is all about? It's all about that. It's all about how to move through these thirteen wisdom teachings to unlearn the problem that creates all problems which is the idea, the thought that we are separate, that is in existence within the ego mindset, to look at that, to realize what that is, and to return to the source of that thought and say, I don't want to live that thought 
system any longer and I'm choosing for my wholeness, my holiness. Mm-hmm. I'm choosing to be in the oneness of God. I'm choosing to be in the oneness with with others. I'm choosing to be in the oneness with Mother Earth mm-hmm. in spirit that serves the better men of the whole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you talked about connecting through to your guide through shamanic journey. Do you use a, a drum for that process or is it more like a meditation? Well, I, I, I there's different ways. You can use the the drum, I think is certainly one of them. And I I typically maybe I'm not in a place where I have a drum. Mm-hmm. I don't carry one around in my car. I have them here in my home Mm -hmm. but oftentimes i'm just listening to the to the beat of mother nature's hearts Mm -hmm. because i'm fortunate i live here in california and i'm able to be in her garden so i find it through stepping into the garden and finding that that in breath and out breath with the trees Mm -hmm. or with the animal life that is present here and there's different ways to come into it most certainly whether it's a drum or it can simply be also the flickering of a candle, mm. the lighting of yeah. a candle, and listening to 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 that, or the crackle of a fire, I should say. Mm. So there's different ways that I find that that the practice to be, but it is the practice, it is the consistency that I'm finding, that is ultimately through a long seemingly struggle of my own self to get out of my way of my own self mm-hmm. clear to, the path to to clear it for my own presence and for the presence of the divine the dissension the involution of the divine to come in and emerge into the connection point between my own soul's ascendance mm-hmm. and in that connection of the descendants and the ascendant force then it comes into the place of our balance and equanimity it's all in 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 the book Mm -hmm. in its own way Mm -hmm. and it offers a practice of stepping into that and exploring that for yourself because all this wisdom and knowledge that we shared and you shared and i shared Mm -hmm. tonight if i do say and 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 i this i wouldn't be the only one who said it but it doesn't mean a hill of beans unless we embrace the truth of it for ourselves and begin to live it in our lives and I know that may sound kind of preachy but I know that if I'm not saying it out loud and that I'm not practicing it every Mm -hmm. day in my life so I often say things just to remind myself to give myself a little gentle kick in the butt and then move up about 18 inches to the and pat myself on the back for saying okay (laughs) (laughs) I was listening I could do it give a little kick in the butt and forgive and do it again yeah yeah just just do it do do that movement and this is what we do I just have one more question for you before we close out. And you mentioned ayahuasca in the book. It's something that is really a hot topic, I think, in spiritual circles. And there's sort of ayahuasca ceremonies everywhere. The most well-known are probably in Peru. Even Dr. Wayne Dyer um, participated in a couple of ayahuasca ceremonies. Not a lot of people realize that. He believed wonderful. Yeah, he believed in the power of that. So what is the benefit 
of participating in a, in a you know properly administrated ayahuasca ceremony and is it necessary for our own spiritual advancement or are there alternatives it's it's not necessary for your own spiritual advancement and I'll mention that in a in, in a bring talk a little more about that in a, in a second and also uh, the other frame that I want to begin with is the one you mentioned uh, in a proper environment yeah it's uh, not a recreational you know, have, substance no this is a well there's pop pop up ayahuasca ceremonies yeah. there's no doubt there's several tonight right here in California <laughs> and the idea of that is one that that is, um, of course, an invitation, but many don't know what that invitation is. Mm-hmm. So I, I only do the medicine in the most holy spaces with the masters, the ayahuasqueros, mm-hmm. that are in it come in the sacred places, and that for me is 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 been in Peru, mm-hmm. and they brew the medicine. So if you're using or going to have an experience with ayahuasca. You know, where did that medicine come from? Yeah. All ayahuasca is not the same. Mm-hmm. And we don't have time to get into the chemistry and sure. the alchemical nature of it. But ultimately, all ayahuasqueros, those that are ministering, are not the same. So in these environments are very potent because you're also in a space with other people that are having their own powerful journeys and they're also bringing in and releasing all kinds of energies, including entities. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say that you're not safe, but in the pro- in proper environment, that's not a healthy, conducive uh, environment to have the greatest experience. So... Those are my two comments about what you said. Now, now that said, is that the experience of ayahuasca and essentially the ability to open up our pineal gland as well as other uh, alchemical effects on our brain and our wiring, uh, and and it it offers us an invitation to to experience um, things in our life that we quite haven't seen. We bring a new perspective on that. And the, and ayahuasca will always deliver what you ask it to. You know, very few people talk about ayahuasca in the context that I do or other uh, or a few others do in my lineage. And the ayahuasca is, 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 is also referred to as the doctor of death. Mm-hmm. In other words, you go to the doctor to relieve yourself of the, all that no longer serves you. You don't go to the doctor to say, oh, this is a joyride. Oh, you know, wait a second. What, you know, bring me more money. That's not the point of it. The point of it is just to heal your life and to share the, the glory of your light as a light being, as a luminous being as a soul being, as a God being. And to do that, you know, the medicine does work and support that. Um, and But at the same time, you can do that work as well under proper conditions of meditation on, and other proper things. You know, the, our good friends at HeartMath are showing ways through car, 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 uh, heart coherence. Uh, my neighbor here in Santa Barbara, Dr. Joe Dispenza, is doing profound work in this arena. Mm-hmm. 
and His mm-hmm. way. So there's other ways to to do to do this work. Mm-hmm. You know, I do that work here uh, sometimes on a on a micro dose type of situation mm-hmm. or no dose type of situation because we in the shamanic world work with something called lucid dreaming mm-hmm. where we can begin to practice a, a lucid dreaming practice where we begin to move through not simply a, a meditation a presencing a stillness of obs- observation and more buddhist eastern tradition but we move into uh, uh, the, the the journey work of stillness and presence that guides us into an archetypal journey mm-hmm. into other worlds into worlds where we can receive messages and where we can also connect to things that that support our healing journey here so mm-hmm. that's a lot of work that i like to do yeah. that's non-medicinal work i don't offer medicinal services i offer the medicinal service of of god's grace and god's love that's 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 what i know and that's what i know is the most effective uh, nothing outside of ourselves is needed although there is a great alchemical quickening with the ayahuasca or the or the san pedro or the peyote, or the mushrooms, or other mm-hmm. types of medicinal medicines. Uh, again, not for everybody. Only under the right guidance. Only under the right clarity, and only under the proper conditions of where you can ultimately integrate these journeys and in these experience into your lives. So there's purpose and meaning and direction to 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 these profound places of 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 consciousness. Mm-hmm and dimensionality of our greater capabilities and our greater connections to our multidimensional nature or quantum nature mm-hmm. that I, I speak so, so much about. And, mm-hmm. you know, and then we, we are quantum beings. Yes. You know, and, and Wayne so beautifully shared, we're spiritual beings, but we're quantum beings having a beautiful, elegant, spiritual experience here you know and we're in human well we're simply in human form doing it but we're we're all of that yeah and why not embrace the power and the truth and the elegance of our our light Mm -hmm. and it's great shining it with Mm -hmm. you here tonight all of your Mm -hmm. listeners i've enjoyed being here immensely i i just love i i i love it and thank you so much thank you so much for being here quantum yes i noticed bruce lipton lended a quote to your book as well love bruce lipton um so what's the best way for people to reach you well my invitation to everybody tonight is to go to my website um and you can find on my website at adamhall.solutions adamhall.solutions that you can find on that website two things that i'd like to share with you that i believe can make a difference in your life right now and one is a little ebook called the little book of genius and that little book is on abundance and i'm convinced that it's time to end the idea of lack and scarcity once and for all i also have have that um let me just grab it here real quickly also have published another book since divine genius called abundance and you can find that on amazon but i offer a little book of of, of abundance 
as an ebook free on my website. So go to adamhall.solutions and get that. Or if you really want to get in the game, there, I offer a master's class. These are all free, nothing, no obligation, anything that can help you really discover your genius in your mission and how you can create impact. In other words, how you can align yourself and your genius with acts of service that are game changers, not only to manifest more abundance in your life and joy and unconditional love, but to really effectuate uh, this planet and what we're called for right now during these times. So again, adamhall.solutions. You can find all kinds of things there, but pick up a copy of that ebook or or, to, or enjoy that master's class. It's, it's, it's a good one. I had a lot of fun doing it, and I had a lot of fun being here with all of you tonight. So thank you again. That sounds great. A lot, a lot of good resources on your website. I'm sure people will go and check that out and benefit from everything you've had to say and share and write about in your books. And I really want to thank you for spending this time with me today and sharing your wisdom and your heart and your experiences with all of us. It's really been a pleasure. Blessings. For all our listeners, thank you for following Change Your Thoughts, Change Your Life and telling your friends about it. The full video for this episode will be available exclusively on Patreon. You can get that link and more details about this podcast at NadiaDelaCruz.com. Until next time, take care of yourself and take care of each other. Namaste. Since 1977, Omega Institute in New York's beautiful Hudson Valley has hosted some of the best spiritual teachers and social visionaries, sharing their messages of hope, healing, and transformation. On the Dropping In podcast, hosted by Emmy Award-winning producer Callie Alpert, you will enjoy in-depth interviews and conversations with people like Pema Chodron, Jack Kornfield, John Kabat-Zinn, and many others on the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Also, check out the video series on Spotify.